Hello all, my name is Theo, and today, in the vein of a topic that is important to me and many of my friends and family members, I wanted to fully address the rise in anti-Asian attacks taken by individuals within the United States. Throughout many of the civil rights events that took place this summer, we talked about how the sequence of events that led to the eruption of activism and discussion around the treatment of black Americans. We covered that those events didn't pop up out of nowhere, that several rounds of legislation dating back centuries established the foundation for the fractured system we are trying to fix each and every year. Now, it is my time to speak up against the rampant series of attacks against Asians that have taken place recently. I will do this in the best and most respectful manner that I can, because every people group deserves fair treatment, deserves to have their voices heard, and for those who come to their defense to understand the present situation to the best of their abilities. To recap recent events, from the Human Rights Watch and Next Shark, on January 28th, an 84-year-old Thai man was knocked to the ground and killed in San Francisco. This was another act in a string of over 20 attacks against those of Asian descent in Oakland's Chinatown district over a two-week span. January 31st, an assailant knocked over a 91-year-old man and later went on to attack a 60-year-old man and a 55-year-old woman in Oakland's Chinatown. On February 3rd in Oakland, a 71-year-old grandmother was knocked to the ground and robbed. On the same day in New York City, a 61-year-old Filipino man was slashed in the face. Per Next Shark, on Monday, February 8th, a man assaulted an 83-year-old Filipino woman on a San Diego trolley. On Tuesday, February 16th, two elderly Asian women were punched in the head in separate incidents in the New York City subway system. That same day, a man shoved a 52-year-old Asian woman to the ground in Queens after calling her multiple slurs. And I'd be doing a disservice to say that this is specifically an American issue. On February 10th in Paris, three assailants approached a group of Japanese citizens and threw acid on them. These were French citizens and that did not matter to them at all. For the bigger picture, between March and December 2020, the coalition Stop AAPI Hate documented over 2,800 anti-Asian hate incidents in the United States. To make it even clearer, from March 2020 to June 2020, there were over 2,100 anti-Asian hate incidents in the United States. So 75% of all anti-Asian attacks 
since the pandemic started happened in the first three months. People decidedly chose to take their frustrations about the pandemic out against people of Asian descent. That was their response to the pandemic. But if there is anything, anything we've learned thus far, is that this discrimination cannot come out of nowhere. There is no part of a human being that is truly zero percent racist who could then decide to blatantly attack someone of Asian descent. That acid attack in Paris, who's just carrying around acid on a normal day? Premeditated desires to injure and kill someone for something that they did not create is sick. It's unforgivable is completely racist. But of course, when there's a floating notion around COVID-19, calling it the Chinese virus or the Kung flu, it's not hard to see why people can let their anti-Asian sentiment manifest into violent public action. There's this concept I want to briefly cover. It's an internal control term, usually with, used within companies to establish their work culture and ethical climate. It's called tone at the top. It basically means that how a company's management and board of directors leadership defines the ethical culture by themselves being ethical essentially leading by example, setting the standard because people look up to them. This is easily applicable in the United States. If someone, say, like the former president of the United States, who very clearly had a devout set of supporters, says terms that are anti-Asian, why would that president's most loyal of fans not take those things to heart? their favorite public figure consistently says things that are disparaging towards Asian communities and those of Asian descent. And they acted on their harbored racist sentiments. And now Asian communities are being targeted. This also isn't limited to the United States. The governor of a region in Italy. Remember how bad Italy was? <clears throat> That governor said in February of 2020, Italy would be better than China in handling the virus due to Italians, quote, culturally strong attention to hygiene, washing hands, taking showers, whereas we have all seen the Chinese eating mice alive, end quote. Yep. So not only did a public official attack the perceived eating habits of Chinese people, but to insinuate that they're not clean, and that's why there's a pandemic, is of course racist. But to see Italy get smacked across the face by COVID clearly illustrated that individual cleanliness has very little to do with a respiratory droplet virus. 
But I digress. To add to this international section, from February 2020 to May 2020, there were 50 reports and media accounts of assaults, verbal harassment, bullying, and discrimination against people of Asian descent in Italy. The Human Rights Watch has received accounts of such events also happening in France, Spain, Australia, Russia, the United Kingdom, Kenya, Ethiopia, and South Africa. It keeps going. Chinese people have been harassed in Malaysia, several Middle Eastern nations, South Korea, Japan, India, and Indonesia. From an outsider looking in, I was very, very surprised to see that other Asian nations were openly discriminating against Chinese people. I have no idea the level of ins and outs between Asian demographics to that extent, but I was surprised while researching. I mentioned previously in the episode with my girlfriend how there were six Asian slash Asian themed restaurants that were vandalized and robbed overnight close to where we live. It was a coordinated attack against these wildly popular restaurants that she and I frankly go to all the time. Her father, my future father-in-law, a Filipino man, has been verbally harassed about COVID-19 in public as if it's his fault in the slightest. As far as blaming people for COVID, to say that Asian people of any nationality are the direct cause for the pandemic's length and depth of damage done is completely laughable. Tell me, actually keep it to yourself, but just off the top of your head, how many people that you know, regardless of race, have done the following things? Eat at a completely enclosed restaurant. Go to an indoor family gathering for the holidays. Wear a mask below their nose. Go to the gym. Go to a church. Gone to an indoor party. Gone to a bar. Or gone to a club. Any of those things. Think about it. These are just the things that people do regardless of race these are the most transmissible activities for COVID-19 COVID-19 is 18 times more transmissible in a completely enclosed environment and if you live where I live there are no outdoor activities at all and there haven't been for months also just so you know these studies were first were from Stanford, Yale, and a research lab in Japan, in case you felt my research was faulty all of a sudden. Yet people will ignore all that and go straight to racism. Blame people of Asian descent. Even though people of all races do exactly what I just listed. Completely despicable. I also want to do an aside on the day-to-day cultural stereotypes people of Asian descent go through. First, I'd like to highlight that Asia 
is a phenomenally diverse and massive continent. Southern Asian nations such as India, Bangladesh, Sri Lanka, Nepal, Afghanistan, Afghanistan and Pakistan look different from Eastern Asian nations such as China, Japan, Mongolia, South Korea, and look different from Asian Pacific nations such as the Philippines, Indonesia, Singapore, and more. There are so many different cultures and religions across the continent and in the countries themselves. The amount of diversity in India by itself is insane, let alone when you extend to more and more countries. And that's the groundwork. An Instagram post I saw talked about the perpetual foreigner stereotype, which casts Asian Americans as fundamentally foreign individuals who will never fully assimilate into American society. This stereotype gets perpetuated by asking even second and third and on generation Asian Americans, where are you from? No, where are you really from? This assumes a culture of belonging elsewhere. Even when said without ill intent, these questions are othering. I remember my high school had a solid Korean and Chinese student base so much so that Korean students were the second highest demographic at my school. But each and every teacher seemed to hate when they would talk to each other in their native language during school. And what I mean is they weren't interrupting class or anything like that. They were working together in the library or just doing homework together or walking down the halls and they get yelled at. Telling Asians or people of Asian descent, hey, speak English, this is America, is complete, completely unprovoked, is an attempt at erasure of their culture. The rise in telling Asian Americans, go back where you came from, when they're just as much from here as white Americans and other Americans, a large percentage of the time is fundamentally racist. Let's get into a history lesson. Because, of course, I had, to I had to come with the history. I had to. I have detailed at length the history of discrimination against African Americans and Black Americans in previous episodes. And I just so briefly covered Asian discrimination. But if there's something I'll never do, never do. It's let America off the hook for discrimination that used to be legal. Let's get into it. Let's start a bit back, a bit back. In the mid-1800s, there was a national happening in California that became a worldwide event, which came to be known as the Gold Rush. Numbers of Chinese, Japanese, Filipino, and Korean people began migrating to both Hawaii and the continental U.S. They were willing to work in order to send money back to their families in their respective countries. Makes sense, right? Well, in typical American fashion, American white American citizens were not fans at all. They described the rise in immigration as the, quote, 
Yellow Peril. Because of course they did. In 1882, the Chinese Exclusion Act was passed into law. This was a 10-year moratorium on Chinese labor immigration. Now, to describe what happened in those 10 years. In 1885, three years later, in what is known as what is now known as Wyoming, white immigrant miners feeling that their jobs were being threatened by Chinese immigrant miners, killed 28 miners and injured 15. They also burned 78 Chinese homes during their racist attack on Chinese workers. This is known as the Rock Springs Massacre. The moratorium ended in 1892 which meant that Chinese workers could migrate to the U.S. again, right? No, no, not at all. Congress extended it in 1892 for another 10 years under the Geary Act, and Chinese immigration, um, Chinese immigration moratorium was made permanent in 1902. Congress actually added restrictions to Chinese people already living in the United States, by requiring each Chinese resident to register and obtain a certificate of residence. Without the certificate, which needed to be present and available at any moment's notice, that person risked being deported. Yep. Let's keep adding, shall we? We're not even halfway there yet. Excuse me. (laughs) We're not even halfway there yet. In 1907, the Asiatic Exclusion League was fully formed after initial movements began in 1905 to exclude South Asians and Chinese immigrants from not only working alongside them in the U.S., but from coming to the U.S. at all. So this includes Indians, Pakistanis, Sri Lankans, etc., They pushed their legislation so strongly that they made it so that all people of Asian descent were not allowed to attend public schools. They could only attend, quote, oriental school with other Asians. This group of despicable people also pushed President Teddy Roosevelt to prevent migration of Japanese laborers from both Hawaii, which was a U.S. state, and Mexico. (laughs) Oh, but wait, there's more. There's always more. World War II. The idea was that since before the U.S. entered World War II, Japan bombed Pearl Harbor. The narrative was to make sure there were no foreign agents trying to sabotage national security. Under Order 9906, signed 79 years ago today, as of recording, 
the U.S. established internment camps for Japanese Americans. But of course, to this point, America has not proven to us to be anything but flagrantly racist. So they converted the entire West Coast into zones and put any Asian person they could find into them. This resulted in over 120,000 people imprisoned solely for their race. At long last, we make it to 1965. The 1965 Immigration Act explicitly abolished the discriminatory national origins quotas that had regulated entrance into the country since the 1920s. It explicitly prohibited discrimination on the basis of race, sex, nationality, place of birth, or place of residence. Finally, I think one thing that we, myself included, completely gloss over is how the civil rights movements in the 50s and 60s assisted the Asian community as well. This was such an important milestone for us to reach together, and I'm glad that it happened. Only, only for people to still be horrendous to Asian Americans, Pacific Islanders, and Asian immigrants during the Vietnam War. No summary I can do will have the impact of the re- of the reads and articles that I went over justice. So I'll just tell you what I read for this. The first one, pacificcouncil.org. So pacificcouncil.org. Title is Looking Like the Enemy, Political Identity in the Vietnam War by Karen L. Ishizuka. Read that one. And the second one, sfgate.com. So sfgate.com. Title is, Asian American Vets Can't Forget Vietnam War Racism by Julie Chow. Please, if you have the time, read these. They were fantastic reads. Just, oh... I've, it was such a such an experience just reading that. I had done all the research, then read that, and it floored me. One of the names I saw trending in relation to the rise of anti-Asian attacks was Vincent Chin. So I did some research. Um, in 1982, Chinese American, so Chinese American Vincent Chin was beaten to death by two white men right before his wedding. The racist assailants viewed him responsible for Japan's rise in manufacturing in the U.S. They were fined, and neither of them went to prison. Now, of course, them not going to prison is the real story here. But the absurdity of them thinking he was Japanese and then deciding to kill him is off the charts. 
a China. <sighs> anyway, the resulting movement unified pan-Asian sentiment in America and led to a national movement in support of the Chin family. 1982. And this is the last thing. This is the last thing. And, of course, we, we have to talk about this. The anti-Southern Asian discrimination after 9-11. Obviously, on a psychological level, you need a lot of help if your first response to something devastating is violence against another human being. But to package your anger against Southern, uh, someone of Southern Asian descent... Because they look like the people who committed an act of terrorism is a different level of evil. A completely problematic racist package, if you will. Now, all of these other things, I will only slightly point zero 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 one percent tolerate saying, oh, but Theo, that was so long ago. Nah. Absolutely not this. 2001, 20 years ago. 2001. Fam. I've always, I mean always, wanted to justify race relations by doing the this existed before then test. So let's get into it. Here are all the things that came out before September of 2001. Just to, you know, for some scale. The PlayStation 2 in Japan specifically. The PlayStation 2. Bluetooth, USB flash drives, a GPS, DVR, Who Let the Dogs Out by Baja Men, the next episode by Dr. Dre featuring Snoop Dogg, Big Pimpin' by Jay-Z featuring UGK, Say My Name by Destiny's Child, Oops I Did It Again by Britney Spears, Zion Williamson, and Willow Smith. Just for some scale, all of those things began to exist before September of 2001. All right? All right? You get the point. Never, ever, ever, ever let people tell you, oh, it was so long ago. It's all better now. Because, very clearly, it is not. Protect each other. Stand up for each other. I'll do my part. I hope we can all make progress for the Asian community together. Thank you.